Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to another Porsche Cool podcast, uh, the podcast where we talk about all things Porsche, of course. My name is Michael Bath. Uh, Steve, my mate in Sydney, Australia, is going to join me shortly on Zoom. Once again this morning, I'm running a little bit late. Wow, how's your week been? My week has been crazy. Um, for those of you who have been asking the question, and, and a couple of you have, um, I record this podcast obviously in Bahrain at the moment, about to leave for London uh, in a week's time, but recording it in Bahrain. Um, and I record this on Wednesday morning. So if you're a Patreon member, you get this, uh, you get to listen to this 24 hours before everyone else. So I put it up on Patreon. So that means it goes up on Patreon tomorrow in about 24 hours time. So, you know, I record it with Steve on Wednesday. It's Wednesday night in Australia with Steve. And then we, um, and then I edit it. Then I fix up the audio, edit the podcast and upload it to, um, to Apple, uh, to Podbean actually. So it goes out to Apple and everywhere else. Um, so it's a rush. It's fun. I really enjoy it. Um, the owner stories uh, went up yesterday on Tuesday. Uh, well, yeah, this Tuesday, last Tuesday for you guys. Um, it's had a fantastic response so far, so thank you for that. But I want to talk about that with Steve. So let me uh, get connected. Let's get Zooming. Let's get Steve on the other line from Australia and start the Porsche Cool podcast. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool podcast. Um, Steve is here. Hi, Steve. Hello, mate. How are you going? I'm good. What's happening in Sydney, Australia? I miss it. I want to come home. Um, yeah, well, then you're not going to want to talk to me. Um, the weather's warm, very warm. I got sunburnt today. I went and visited my uncle and did a bit of driving and stuff. And can you see that? Yeah. <laughs> Steve's got, um, got, um, truckers, Steve's arm. got truckers arms. Yeah. Um, so yeah. You need to start um, wearing a tank top, singlet tank top. I don't think the world's ready for that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> You're still going to the I gym, right? Don't... You're still exercising. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. You're not playing tennis. I'm married anymore? now. You're not playing tennis. Nope, not doing that either. Not what's happened to you. You were so active. I had a kid. I got married and I had a kid. And and, and Cindy, mm. Steve could not be happier, if you're listening. He could not be happier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only reason I started going to the gym was because I was... To get a uh, chick. Yeah. And then I got married, so then I didn't need to anymore. That's not PC anymore to say that, to get a, to get a lovely lady. Sorry. Whatever. <laughs> if Zuckerman can talk about women's hygiene products, you can say... When that. I was younger in Australia and, you know, in my dad's era... And my dad was from the inner city of Sydney. He was born in Surrey Hills in Sydney. And mm. he, you know, used to play two up and he used to like, you know, he used to be a man of the streets. He was well known in the, in the area of uh, the inner city of Sydney. Mm -hmm. The old way they were brought up, and my mum as well, is they used to use the word Sheila, like it was just a normal word. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that's the yep. sort of word you can't use anymore. And it was just a common word, you know, like the Sheila next door. Is um, it derogatory? I think it is. Yeah, I think it could be. Is it? Okay. I don't right. know. I have no but that idea. was just I'm, what you I'm, got... Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like you said it like you hated the person. It was just, that's just how you said the woman next door. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bit so scary. So when, when you say Sheila, is that like Sheila Easton? Is that the name yeah. of that? Sheila. <laughs> Americans probably listening to me saying that's a, it's a, probably an Australian, it's a slang term for women, Sheila. That Sheila up the road. Who's like that bird. new Sheila you're going out with? <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway. All right. Um, welcome back. We're not talking about that today. We're talking about Porsches. Um... All right. So this week, this week has been pretty, pretty crazy, Steve. Um, mm -hmm. Busy. I know you've been busy. I've been busy. Unfortunately, the client has woken up and the client now wants to have lots of meetings. So it's been a bit of a crazy week. Everyone seems to be coming My client's gone to sleep. Have they? I wish our client would Yeah, my client's run out of money. <laughs> uh, our client has, has run out of money, but they haven't gone to sleep. So 
Oh. <laughs> okay, that's not great. My client yeah. at least sort of said to me that he's used most of his budget for this year. So yeah, no, um, no. Our client just, 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 just keep going. Just keep going. We'll, we will pay you. It's only six months. Over eventually. Two, we, will, we will pay you eventually, yeah. Um, I should probably shouldn't say that. I hope no one's listening that knows me. Um, okay. okay. You win. Patreon. Let's talk about Patreon. This is like a little advertising segment, but it's not really an ad. Uh, Patreon has been fantastic, as in the people who have been joining it, Steve. We have had oh. so much activity this week, and I told you this earlier. We've had four people, four new members um, to Porsche Cooled Exclusive on Patreon who want who are happy Why? to support. How? How did this happen? Because people are enjoying. I know we, you and I, are a little bit like we never know how well we're doing, and if if people are if it people are enjoying it. But you know, I get more messages mm. than you, and I probably don't pass them all on to you. And I guess Patreon That's is okay. people, you don't need to. people wanting to support us, uh, and you know, the, the, it's it's fantastic. So we had four new Patreon members, and normally I do a shout out, so I'm gonna have to do a shout out for four people here because. So we have Todd. Uh, Todd, Todd is Stone City Outlaw on Instagram, I think. Todd is Stone City Outlaw on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Miff, uh, Miff, I think, is from Sydney in Australia. Um, Kestas. Kestas, I'm not sure if I've Go ever spoken Kestas. to you. Yeah, hi, Kestas. Thank you. Uh, and then the last one for the week was Connor. And Connor is from, I know who Connor is, because Connor is coming up on next week's uh, Porsche Cooled Owner Story, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Connor's from Salt Lake City in Utah, uh, really nice guy. So I, I had the opportunity to chat to Connor a couple of days ago or over the weekend, I think it was, when I do the Porsche Good Owner Stories recordings and um, yeah. we did an episode with Connor. So he's got a really, uh, he's got a really cool story actually about uh, his uncle's car and his current wife's uh, father, his, his father-in-law's car. And it's, it's, it's one right. of those stories where it's like everything falls into place when you hear it. And, and, and it makes sense. I'm not going to give it away. It makes sense of yeah. the car, the 911 that he's bought when you know what his yeah, uncle right. had and what his uh, father-in-law had. So it's, it's a really cool story. It's a really cool story. Um, I quite enjoyed the last one. I think I said that to you. The one with, um, is it Andrew from 911 South? Yeah, so the episode on Tuesday, uh, which I hope you guys have listened to already. If you haven't, go back and listen to it. Um, Andrew yeah, from 911 South. Andrew is, once again, a really nice guy, uh, really deep into the Porsche community. Um, he's part of um, he's part of PCAR Market members. Uh, PCAR Market's another podcast on Porsche, which some of you guys might listen to. I, I know he's involved with that, with the PCAR members thing, and they're going for a recent drive, which he talks about in the podcast. Uh, he's from um, <laughs> Atlanta. He's from Atlanta. So Atlanta is, the, you know, the heart. That's where Porsche's um, head office is in Atlanta. So he, yeah. yeah, and he, he knows a few of those people in, the, in, in Porsche. Um, he's had a great Porsche story. Uh, his first 911, um, he basically inherited from his father, um, which I've probably given away. You should listen to it if you haven't. Uh, and then now he's he's switched out of air-cooled and he's gone into um, water-cooled in the 991. Um, but Andrew doesn't just leave a car as it is. He likes to make it his own, so he does things to it. You should watch his build series um, in the podcast. That. Yeah, his build series. If you go to 911 South on Instagram, just search 911 South. And he's done a build series for the 993, which is not that comprehensive. He, only, he didn't do as many vi- videos, but he's doing. He's trying to document every stage of the process with the 991. Um, so thanks again, Andrew, for being on it because it, uh, it was a good episode. It went up yesterday. The videos are good too. The, it, I think I said to you, the... Um very impressive production values in his videos. I know that's not what it's all about in terms of its 
content is kind of more important, but um, he certainly knows how to handle a camera and um, edit and all his post-production is quite fancy. Yeah, he takes a lot of time and, and, you know, we all know YouTube videos are not easy and he does actually take Mm. the time. And I kind of understand why he didn't do all the videos for the 993 um, build series because... You know, he did it and then, you know, he had the car, I think, for a year. I sent you the link, Steve. Did you see it? I think that's the, the company that uh, Andrew got his seats from, those um, Le Mans seats for the Porsche. It's a guy, a, a uh, French guy. Sorry, I missed it. Yeah. Andrew said he was a French guy. He didn't actually tell me the name of it. I, it's probably on his video, but I did a search and I'm pretty sure this is the guy. I tell you what, mm-hmm. if I got a 912, I think it's called classicracingseats.com. I'm mm-hmm. sure if Andrew's listening to this, he'll tell me that I got the wrong link. But this guy's name is Stefan, and I think it's the guy because he said he was French and Stefan is a French name. Not trying to stereotype, mm-hmm. but I think it is a French name. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's okay, Mikhail. <laughs> um, but if you look at that site, uh, classicracingseats.com, the link I sent you, there's some nice seats. He got the basket weave seats. I think they're like 800 bucks US. And the mm-hmm. guy told him... I shouldn't give it away. It's in the podcast. But he said they wouldn't fit his 993 that he had at the time. He said they were only for 964. Because it was for they, 964. Yeah. yeah, but they actually fit. And they have them for the 912. I would say, I'll get onto this, but I would say that I would get those for the 912. I'd switch out the seats. This is the idea. Mm-hmm. But I can't get the 912 at the moment. I've got to come on to that. Um, but anyway, thank you all. Uh, thank you for the new um, members on, on Patreon. Um, like I said, that's $5 US, $5 US a month. It, it changes the cost depending on what country. You can pay it in your local currency, so it'll be a different price. I think it's five euro. I think it's 450 quid or something like that. Um, but uh, Patreon work all that out. I don't know what they do. We've also had some shout-outs on Apple Podcasts. Uh, the reviews on Apple Podcasts are really important for us because the star rating and the reviews, one, they give us some feedback from you guys that you what you like about the show and what you would like us to introduce. Because I know a lot of people aren't on Instagram. I think everyone's on Instagram, but I know a lot of people aren't on Instagram. And... You know, What's Instagram? Yeah, see Steve. But I know a lot of people aren't and I always say message me through Instagram and I know some people, like I've had some people message me through LinkedIn, which is very weird. I find that a little bit odd. <clears throat> but the reviews on Apple Podcasts basically get us seen on Apple. You know, it's like all these things that works on, cert, you know, how many reviews ups you in the search results, it ups you in the charts. Mm-hmm. We've been very lucky in the charts where we sit quite high. But anyway, the reviews on Apple Podcasts, just very quickly, mrose 75 you know who you are. Thank you for that review. Justin Stacks, everyone knows Justin. Justin is, I think, so far to date, our most popular uh, Porsche Cooled owner story, actually. Uh, Justin's one seemed to have more downloads than anyone else. Uh, I don't think I've told Justin Why is that? that? Justin's a very influential person. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't he's work got, out how... I can't work out why certain episodes are better than others. Um, like you said, it, it's not like, you know, it depends. No, I, I don't know how it works. Know, yeah. I don't know how it works. I, I still haven't worked out the whole podcast download thing. But Justin gave us a review. Thanks, Justin. Uh, Cutlass76 gave us a review. Thank you. And Todd at Stone City Outlaw. Todd is a new Patreon member. So thank you, Todd. And then the one I want to talk about, Steve, is one from Andy W eight oh four. Uh, Andy gave us four mm-hmm. stars. And I had to think about this because I read these things quickly and they kind of give me a different reaction than I think about it. And I really appreciate yeah. Andy W804 for giving us this feedback. And I do understand it is actually, it's true. He says we only talk about 911s. What about the, you know, what about, I guess, I'm not reading his review in front of me. I'm just ad-libbing here. Sure. I, said, I think it's yeah. about what about the mid-engine, the transaxle, you know, the 928s, 944s, the four-door models. So I guess, you know, Panamera, Macans. I don't know about SUVs. Um, Ajmal from Flat, Flat Cab Driver told me do not do any podcasts on SUVs. So Why? <laughs> I don't know. Why Ajmal, Ajmal, if you're listening, I, I, 
I listened to you and yeah. Yeah, so. only because I think a little while ago you sort of said to me, "Oh, actually, you said it on the podcast." It's like, is anyone is anyone interested in hearing about um, like our McCann turbo? It's like, no, well, I can talk about it if you want. I don't apparently, think it's particularly apparently, interesting, but if you base it on Ajmal's message to me, no, don't. Right? Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't know. Go as well. You just saved, you've saved me some breath, and some stress. <laughs> but but I think Andy's comment is a valid comment, and I'm just going to you know to address Andy's comment, Steve. And you know you know mm-hmm. the reasoning behind this. Porsche cooled owner stories, which is becoming very popular in the podcast space, and other people are you know getting inspired by it. Um, mm-hmm. Other podcasts, that is. You know, I think the whole point of it was to get another person's point of view to get, you know, to broaden our coffee conversation, our, ta- our conversation around the table is you and me. Uh, now we're doing mm-hmm. a global conversation. And it's also to bring people in who have different cars that can talk about it, that we don't know about it, that I can learn from, that I can ask mm-hmm. some questions, you know what I mean? And see what it's like. Now, I always said the Porsche cooled owner stories is not just for 911. It's for any Porsche. Unfortunately, mm. I haven't had anyone except for uh, I've had one person approach me about a 944, which I've reached out to. So hopefully he will be willing to do the uh, owner's stories. I won't mention his name because mm-hmm. he may not want to do it. And then I've had another gentleman in Australia who has a few Porsches. And I think he has, and if you're listening, you know who you are. I think he has a race car. I think he does track work and he's got a car set up as a race car. Mm-hmm. And he's got a few cars. He doesn't just have one. And he was a bit hesitant because everyone, you know, the Porsche cooled owner story, Steve, you know, as you know, from doing the podcast, it's not easy just to talk into a microphone. It's no. not, it's not. <laughs> well, I'm not trying to frighten anyone off. But no. <laughs> it, look, I guess it just depends on your personality type. It's, it's, it, it's actually easier than you kind of think once you kind of get talking because it's not necessarily divulging, you know, like your deepest, darkest secrets, like. I find it easy to talk about cars because it's sort of like a common interest and that's the only that's the only reason why I'd kind of um happy to kind of even, you know, talk to you on this podcast. If you asked if this was talking more about my personal life or whatever else, um yeah, not a chance. But you know, but it's easy see for you and me it is easier for me and Steve even though Steve kind of plays it down. It's easier because we are friends and we've been friends for a long time. Oh uh, yeah. True. So because true, true. of that, it's easy for us to talk because we know other things about each other that other people don't know, you know. Yep. Um, yep. And also, you know, as um, as this week's Porsche, uh, the person's coming up on uh, next Tuesday's Porsche Good Owner Stories, which is launched on the, what is it, 20th, isn't it? No, 10th. On the 10th of November, on Tuesday the 10th of November, um, mm-hmm. Connor's coming up and Connor's from... Um, Salt Lake City in Utah. I like saying that name. I don't know why. Salt Lake City. It's got good rounding mm. sound to it. Even Connor, you know, I think Connor said it's like, I think Connor said it. Maybe you didn't say it, Connor. Um, that, you know, we have a common interest. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, we have this common interest, yeah. so it's easy to talk. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's easy for me. You know, and I'm not a professional interviewer. You know what I mean? But I try to help mm. everyone on the owner's stories to to keep talking and to to try and get something that they, you know, forget or whatever. So I have a brief idea of their story beforehand. Um, so I know if they've missed something that I think is important to talk about. Sometimes. Yeah, uh, sure. With Andrew, yeah. Andrew and I did it completely off the cuff. We didn't plan it. He didn't know the mm. questions I was going to ask him. We just, you know, I knew I always do my research and I always look at the channel and, but I watch his channel anyway. Um, I'm subscribed to Andrew's 911 South channel. And you should subscribe to him yeah. actually because he's only got, he doesn't have a huge subscriber base on YouTube and he should actually have more. Um, it's a great channel. So you should actually um, go over there and subscribe. 
But yeah, Steve, I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's easy to talk about Porsche because it's something you enjoy, but it's still, yeah. you know, it's still stressful. It's still, it's still sometimes a little bit stressful. Easier once you kind of get used to it. It's not that you forget it, but yeah, anyone out there who's kind of curious to talk to Michael in um, Porsche owner stories, it's not that scary. Just do it. <laughs> Yeah. So what I'm looking for, Steve, what we need, we need um, people to have yeah. transaxle um, Porsches. And I think that's a, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it's been in my mind, you know what I mean? 928. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could reach out to Magnus Walker, I guess, but I don't think he'd be on it. I could reach out to Nick <laughs> Murray. Nick Murray's selling his. I thought about Nick Murray, but, <clears throat> you know, he'll probably be on some. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't sold his car. Uh, as Nick, I was talking to Nick in the UK yesterday. He on mm-hmm. he said he's been watching and it's been going up by 1,000 increments. The guy, one of the guys that's bidding on, and this is Nick Murray from YouTube, he's selling his green and tan uh, 928S on P-Car Market. You should go and check it out. I think it was at 30 grand. I think it's up to about 35 grand now. He paid 36,000 for it off P-Car Market or 36,900. One of the guys that missed out that beat Nick in the auction, who only bid up to 30 grand, I think, he's actually now rebidding on it because he sees the value that Nick Murray put in all this money for the work. So he's actually getting a better buy. I think it might get 45, you know. I think it was up to... Isn't I think that, it was up... He sort of said he wanted low 40s, didn't he? he yeah. So I think the reserve yeah. is probably... I, I said to Nick, I think the reserve on Nick Murray's 928 is probably 40. I reckon he's probably hit the reserve at 40. He said he put in about eight grand nice. into it, didn't he? And he paid about 37. So I think it'll get more. Mm, I think... Yeah. I think it'll get more. I personally think it would have got more on Bring a Trailer than Picar Market. No offense to Picar Market, but I think Bring a Trailer would have got you more... more um, more bidders. Yeah, so Steve, we just need some people to talk about um, those sort of cars. Even mid-engine, Boxsters, Caymans, Cayman GT4s. I mean, I don't know anyone that owns one. I've been searching out trying to find people, but if anyone's listening to the podcast. GT4. Yeah, and has Grant. a GT4, Grant does, yeah. Warehouse. GT4 or Cayman or even a Boxster, 986 Boxster, anything, any Porsche. Porsche Code Owner Stories is just about Porsche. It's not about just solely 911. But anyway, that's just based on uh, – that's just based on um, – what was his name? I can't remember his name now. Uh, Andy W804's comment. <laughs> <laughs> that catchy name. <laughs> yeah. All right. The other thing is last week we spoke about the GTS, but it wasn't really the GTS episode, as you would have noticed in my silly title. I don't know if that title. I don't even know that. what that episode is about. But yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> I don't know if that title was actually a good title now. Uh, the GTS episode is, is, was inspired by Barry, who became a Patreon manager the week before, which I shouted out to Steve. Barry's in the mm-hmm. UK. Um, I asked Barry if he wants to be on Owner Stories, and he said he would like to be on a future one. So I will talk to him about the GTS Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to talk to someone else as well who's someone who's thinking about buying a GTS. Um, you know who you are, yeah, but cool. I'm not going to mention your name. I'm going to keep it a surprise. Um, so that's future owner stories. Uh, what else? Oh, you know, have you heard of Road Rat Magazine? The guy from Coldplay's yes, Endeavor with someone yep. else. So if you don't... Guy if, something or other? Sorry? I think his name's Guy. Guy. I think his name is Guy. Yes, that's right. Guy from Coldplay. This is what you need when you want to start up a magazine. You need to have the funds like someone who's been in Coldplay. Road Rat Magazine. I subscribe to it, Steve. I subscribe from mm. Mark Newson's episode with Mark Newson's car. Natasha's sister actually used to work for Mark Newson. She used to work in Mark Newson's studio in London for a few years. Mm. So Road Rat Magazine I subscribe to. Today, I think I'm going to bite the bullet, even though it's 350 US dollars. 350 US dollars, Steve. For Zip Triple Zero magazine. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm sure it's good, but um, you're a wealthier man than I am. I saw Nick's uh, episode, uh, Nick's 
uh, one he got the f- I forget what issue it was. It's very well made. Mm-hmm. You'd like it. You'd be you'd mm-hmm. like it because the photography and the quality and everything's there. Mm-hmm. It's up there. It meets your standards, I reckon, Steve. Is this my? Is this a segue into one of the little things I wanted to talk about? <laughs> Can I? Do you want me to stop talking? I um. No, 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 no. I just um. I bought the book A Man and His Car um, by Matt Horanic, is it? Very popular um, book. Yeah, it's just been hyped a lot. And I know he did A Man and His Watch and I actually forgot. I always intended to buy it and I never did, so I just bought them both at the same time. Um, a Man and His Car arrived first, so got quite excited because the last book I got was that um, RS Lover's book that um, my wife bought me for my birthday. And yep. that was brilliant. The stories in that are really good. The photography is amazing, blah, blah, blah. So we're super amped. And then um, I think um, Matt Horanic has been on um, uh, Smoking Tire podcast before, and then I think he was on Spike's podcast. So yep. I must admit I was ex- I had I had very high expectations, and um, I'm just going to go all Oprah's book club on everybody, but it's not that good. <laughs> It's just not very good. Um, What's I don't wrong know with why. it? I just found it really disappointing. Um, the stories are okay, not brilliant. I've only read a kind of couple, but like I'm almost tempted not to kind of bother sort of finishing it. It's, but um, the the main thing that's wrong with it is the photography. It's so it's just. Um, I know he had a little story about how he kind of flew all over the place and set up set up a kind of black backdrop and everything to kind of shoot the cars and then he sort of says that he wants to shoot them in sort of how the designers perceive them in sort of real sunlight and everything but um without getting super art directy technical but he's actually taken shots of the cars and then he's cut them out (laughs) and stuck them on a black background and they just it just doesn't look i've worked on many car accounts and that's not the way that you kind of um show cars off Actually, was really disappointed with it. Yeah, the listeners should know that you know Steve is very experienced in this. I mean, this is what he's been doing all oh, his not, life. No, but you are. You are. You are. No, you are. You, I know you, some. Being, I know some things about it, but no, you um, are. You're very experienced. But the thing is, I did actually hear on that interview that he said he hmm. was sick of carrying this black background around with him. He said all yeah, I did was in the carry this in the book. So the black background. So is that what he uses to put the cars in front of? Has he cut them out, or is he actually just using the black background? No, he's cut them out. He's deep etched. It, the technical term for that is deep etched in Photoshop and stuck it on a black background. And it just, uh, it just doesn't show off the cars. In um, it's not particularly visually appealing. I don't wouldn't have expected him to kind of um, have kind of you know driven it to the uh, mountain sort of landscape because he sort of explained that in some instances he only had like an hour. But um, yeah, I don't know. But for what it's worth, I actually found it really disappointing. But you look at other people who are doing books and, you know, they don't have many pictures of cars, but they do. Stefan Bonnier or whatever his name is, the, the Curves book, the road book that I bought. I mean, mm. his Instagram and his photographs are fantastic. I think... Well, exactly. Just shoot I, it in situ otherwise. Yeah, in situ um, I think is better on a nice road where the people live or somewhere, you know what I mean? Not these. If it's not a proper studio shot, which is what you're saying, Steve, it doesn't kind of work that well, right? Well, he's, he's shot them um, on location, but then he's cut it out and tried to well it's i guess it's sort of like um trying to make it look a little bit more like a studio shot but it just doesn't work anyway i'm curious to see what anyone else what everyone else thinks like i know you've kind of got a um copy ordered um yeah tell me what you think when you get it because maybe i'm just being another grumpy old man in the muppets no see i liked i liked the watch one 
my problem is is yeah, that a man and his a man and his I, I think it can get you know over commercialized and diluted by keep saying a man and his you know I know obviously they you know his publisher wanted him to do various various versions and he said the most obvious one mm. was a car cars but you yeah. know when cars you know but when you do cars like Steve said you know it has to be really good because there's a lot of people doing really good books you know you know the RS Porsche one yeah. there's a lot of people out there doing Just really good photography right and that's that's the problem and the thing is you know when he was on Spike and he was saying you know Spike was saying oh the photography's great I assumed the photography was going to be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. I thought it would be brilliant. But um, tell me what you think when you get it. It could just be me. I could be just being brutally fussy. What surprised me, and I'll tell you what surprises me, and you might know this from an advertising point of view, is that the watch book hmm. was very popular, you know, super popular. Is the, is the photography good in that? Well, I think it is. But he didn't, photo- he didn't do yeah. the photography. So no, he, he didn't. As he said, he, he sent it to a professional photographer and they did the photography. And obviously watches are not easy to, photo- to photograph anyway. You know, with the reflections on But it on would the, be easier than a car. But, you know, but then you can trans, you know, he can send it, as he said, and take photographs. Yeah. So yep. I think that A Man's Watchbook is a good book. It's not an expensive book. You know what I mean? It's not like this wildly mm. expensive book. And watchbooks for me, I like the Mondani family's books. You know, I bought that one. I'm going to buy some more. They're super expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've got the GMT Master one. I want to get more. They're like 400, 500 euro book. <laughs> but they're reference books. I'm sorry, I'm... Um, I'm laughing just because, like, the only watch books I've got are the catalogues from the um, boutiques themselves. Basically, if you kind of go and visit them, you ask them to kind of give you a catalogue, and that's my version of a... <laughs> Good luck getting those now. Even if you go into Rolex, they don't have them because people are, like, listing them on eBay. I'm still trying to Is get that really? Rolex magazine, you know. Like, people, these people that sell these magazines, I give them offers and they just won't take it. Like, they've got stupid offers. I'm trying to get number five, the Yachtmaster one for the Rolex book. Rolex magazine, right. and they want like you know seventy pounds for it. Like, come on, it's a free book. Actually, my my mum was um, my mum was uh, spending time with my daughter. Um, she's like fifteen months, and um, <laughs> she was fl- she was flipping through a book. Like my my mum and my daughter were sitting on the couch at mum's place yesterday, flipping through a Patek Philippe <laughs> oh, really? um, magazine, like periodical. It's like, oh man, I'm not sure that's great. <laughs> to, put, to put this into perspective, Tash, uh, Steve's um, mother is a big watch fan as well. She's got some beautiful watches. Yeah, she so loves watches. She's training, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's training Steve's daughter very early to get into the swing of luxury goods. <laughs> uh, and it's not great that um, my daughter's, one of my daughter's first words was shoe. Oh, there you shoe? go. Shoe? It's happening. It's like, mm, yeah, it doesn't bode well. Um, anyone else got that book? Um, let us know what you think about it. Send us a DM. Let us know what mm. you think about it. I'd be interested. Like I said, yeah. I haven't got my copy yet. Steve's got his. I think the watch one is good. But like I said, for me, it's like a nice book. I mean, Tasha thought it was a good book. I mean, maybe you won't. Okay. But Tasha said it was a good book. But like I said, I yeah, kind of cool. judge it on how much I paid for it. It wasn't that expensive. But it just surprises me if that, what I was trying to get onto, Steve, if that book was so popular, Sorry. if that book was so yep. popular, wouldn't he then with the publisher have enough money to get a photographer to do the cars? Like, why would you want to do it yourself just to get more of the profit? I don't know. Uh, if you're not that experienced. Hard. Like, shooting, shooting cars, like, um, professionally is not an easy thing. Um, they're very reflective. They're very big. You know, like, um, shooting them in sort of broad daylight. Because I'm assuming he's gone and done the interview, um, you know, like whenever the owner is kind of available. And there's some pretty big names in there, like Jay Leno and, you know... Um, but if you're in Jay Leno's garage or you're in Spike and, and 
Zuckerman's garage, wouldn't you use mm. the backdrop of those cars? Wouldn't you show exactly. that? Exactly. You wouldn't just have I it would've. on a, You would show that they've got this, you know, even if it's in, you know, Boca or whatever, you'd show it, right? You'd have some, I don't just, know. Even in this, I think in this age of kind of social media and Instagram, um, I think people are kind of used to looking at um, cars and like streets and in that sort of natural kind of settings and stuff like that. Um, anyway, like I won't keep banging on the other it, book. Yeah. Uh, the other book that I'm going to buy, and this is when I was looking at the triple um, zero subscription last night, because um, Nick bought it from a European site and then you can buy it from the US yeah. site. So I was getting a bit confused what was going on. Um, that site, and I know that. Um, Type 7 guy. What's his name again? Ted Gashu. Ted Gashu. I know he hinted. Um, I'm just getting a phone call now from Rolex in Bahrain, which means my watch is in. <laughs> 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 just so everyone knows. They're actually calling me now, which means my Explorer 2 blackface is in. That's why they're calling me. Do you so want to take it? Do you want to stop and no, take it? No, no, no. I'm not going to take it. I shouldn't be spending any money. Why? Well, because it cost you too much money. I shouldn't be spending money. Um, Don't get all coy, mate. Ted, Ted Gashu... <laughs> commented that there was going to be another book coming up, another Type 7, but it's already on this website in Germany. It's already there. So volume two of the Type 7 books coming up. Yeah, it's been out vo- for a while, hasn't it? Has it? No, it has, says it's available. Yeah, yeah. Fi- type The second epi- the second book says it's available yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it's November 15, ready for sale, it says. Uh, okay. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe it's available in some other countries. It's in Europe. I've got, ty- I've got right. volume one. It's quite, it's okay. Um, I probably yeah. will buy volume two. It's not that expensive. I probably will buy it. Okay, enough of books. Enough of books. It's not Oprah's book club, as Steve said. <laughs> nine twelve values. Anyone who wants to buy a nine twelve, um, Ajmal, if you're listening, I think you really bought at the right time because honestly, I don't think it matters what condition your nine twelve is in. A sixty eight mm-hmm. champagne yellow one came up for sale, Steve. On Bring a Trailer, it sold for sixty one thousand yep. plus BAT's fees, which I think two and a half, so sixty three and a half thousand US dollars, which is about ninety mm-hmm. odd Australian dollars. It's very similar to the one in Australia where it's unmolested, original paint, you know, there's mm-hmm. bits of wear inside the door jams and stuff like that, which I think is better mm-hmm. than its over-restored ones. I, I don't like the over-restored ones. This one is just pretty much normal. Mm-hmm. So it's it sold like, you know, it was it was frantic. It went up to 61000 US dollars. So, And I, I refer back to when I first started looking at them on Bring a Trailer, they were sitting between they really would sell between 25 and 40. And that's only in May this year, 25 to 40,000. So this just shows you Yikes. this crazy Porsche market, Steve, that we're in this Porsche market. It just, when it goes, it goes, right? Mm, I wonder if that's actually not just um, Porsches, like might be other things as well. I yeah. noticed because um, Matt Farah bought his um, black Ferrari. What is it, a 328? 328 yeah, Ferrari? Yeah, I know. That's nice, actually. Magnum thing? But he sort of said that it's not the Magnum one. The Magnum one's 308. People keep saying this. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I haven't paid that much attention. But I think he said something like um, he'd been trying on Bring a Trailer, but um, Bring a Trailer is kind of um, so popular because everyone's got so much time and they're kind of surfing at things online. So he reckons that the. The, the pricing on Bring a Trailer has kind of gone a bit mental. That kind of annoyed he know, he annoyed me with that comment because I don't understand that comment because I, I looked I at the I looked at the auction right I looked at his auction Steve, mm. and mm. he literally bid up to I think five hundred dollars less than what it sold for. Like he literally went up to that point, and then the guy that won it 
paid 500 more or something or 400 more. Mm-hmm. So he was almost like at the peak value. So if, if that's way past what you think it's valued for, why, you know, you, you gave it up for 400 bucks. See me, if it's that close, I'll just do the 500 and win it. You know, if you're already there, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm already yeah, there. I've already spent 60 yeah. grand. Uh, for 60 After- grand, 6,500 makes no difference. Isn't that how an auction works though? Because it's like at some point in time you're just bidding it up and if you kind of hold that attitude then like half an hour later um, that $500 has turned into $5,000 higher because yeah, you've just kind of <clears throat> kept going. So, But it always surprises me how much cheaper these cars are in the US. Honestly, the US is yeah. is the place to be because honestly that pr- I think it's about 60000 or something US dollars for that 328. Yeah, right. GTS. And the cheapest one in Australia is 165 Aussie, which is a UK import, which is a nice one. There's a red one for sale, 365. And then there's another one, uh, sorry, 165. Then there's another one for sale for 295. Right. So um, where are we up to? Tell me about um, tell mm-hmm. me about this Alex Holland car you sent me that you saw. Uh, it was an Alex Holland car. Oh, you're talking about the yellow Sporto? Yeah, the Sporto. Um, sorry, I've just got to quickly find it. So Steve is going to been going went to this dealer a couple of weeks ago when he was shopping for the GT3 with his mate. Um, it's called yep. Alex Holland and Cars in Sydney. He's got like a really nice seventy seven nine eleven, but it is a Sporto. Yeah, um, and I don't know much about Sportos. It's just um, it was interesting because my mate sort of went in there, sort of thinking, you know, nine nine seven GT3 possibly 996 turbo so he's sort of thinking more on the performance um water-cooled end of the scale and then he by the time we left he was sort of more interested in the um yellow what was it a 77 sporto said it was a 77 sporto i don't even know what a sporto is you said a sporto has no clutch see i should know that so sporto has no clutch yeah they're very um it was a porsche thing are Um, they reliable that's what I, so I, uh, you're, you're about to ask me a whole bunch of questions that I won't be able to answer, but we, when we were there with Alex, we said the same thing. It's like, oh, a Sporto. So a Sporto is, um, it's still got a gear, gear lever. It just has no clutch, clutch pedal. So when you go to change gears and you literally touch the gear knob, um, it obviously kind of engages a clutch for you and then you kind of change gears. Man, that sounds, when you say it like that, it sounds really advanced mm-hmm. for the 70s. I know, doesn't it? It sounds um, so advanced, like such a selling pretty point. Pretty sure he's got, and he's, a, Alex, Alex has a few Sportos as well. I think he's got a white one, that yellow one. And look, part of the beauty of that is that um, I can sort of see why my mate kind of was enticed because really kind of cool color, um, really nice interior. It had a tan interior with, um, some tartan inserts and all of that sort of stuff. So it just look, um, looks, you know, I'll, I'll say it again, cool as all fuck. Um, but, um, is it for sale? The I 77 was, Sporto? Yeah, 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 yeah. We were just wondering, um, what the driving experience would be like. Um, he, would, he wouldn't let Alex you drive it? kind of swore, uh, he was happy to, but we ran out of time. And I, my mate, I'm not sure if my mate was going to go back and actually have a go. I don't, he wound up kind of driving the um, 996 Turbo. But right. Sporto, the Sporto experience sounds really interesting. Like Alex kind of swore black and blue that, it, um, it's, um, it, that, that it's quite durable and it's a lot more engaging than it sort of sounds. Um, but I'm not sure. I have no idea. So it, it, I didn't see it for sale on the website, though. It's coming up for sale or it is for sale? 
Uh, I'm not sure because that was posted on Instagram. Yeah. Um, he, he mentioned it. I think he doesn't... Um, I think he deliberately doesn't list everything on his website. I wonder how much it's um, selling for, though, because Sporto should make it a little bit cheaper. I know there's a, cup, a 911 on, for sale on car sales in Australia at the moment that had Sporto and they changed it over. It's a green one. It could be a... It could be an import or a left-hand drive with a, and it had Sporto and it's been changed over. It's yeah, a green one. Yeah, I'm sure. No idea. You'd have to talk to a, a mechanic to kind of, you know, somebody like um, Granted Auto House to kind of understand whether or not they're actually any good or not or whether they're, they're durable. And yeah. It's certainly certainly different. If you're kind of going for um, for eclectic or different, then I'm assuming it fits that kind of um, criteria. It's definitely ahead of its time. It's a bit like... I don't know. Is it like an early PDK in a way? Is it like it's it's kind of feels no. like that. It's not a double clutch Different. though, right? It's just no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I wonder um, how it works. I don't know how it works. It's almost like the quick shift on a motorcycle where you don't have to use the clutch. You can have that on sport bikes where you just change. Um, don't they have the, that on the latest um, GT3s as well? Do you they? can actually, um, yeah, you can quick shift and not actually have to kind of engage the. Um, the clutch, I think. Really? I, I could be talking out my bum. I, I think don't know so. about that. I haven't heard that one. Mm, I think the latest manual GT3s are like that. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, the other car that Steve sent me a link for, which is really, really nice, getting back to transaxles, um, mm-hmm. is the Porsche 968 Club Sport, which I think they made at the end of the line of the 968s, right? It was almost just before it was finished. Yeah. Um, I've never driven one, so to that... Um, Andrew74532 um, that left the comment, like um, part of the reason why I don't talk about it is because I have no experience with it, to be no, perfectly honest. No, but you can appreciate um, I know. Can appreciate this car though, Steve, because it is in the best, oh, it, yeah. is, it is in the best blue. Uh, yeah, Riviera Blue, it's at some um, classic throttle shop. Um, and I know like when you read about it, like I've read like tons and tons of articles about how amazing um, the 968 Club Sport are. Um, is uh, whatever um, on track and on the road and all of that sort of stuff. So, like, I'm sure it's a it's an amazing car. I just couldn't speak from any experience yeah, or anything. No, not, no, but I mean, as appreciating Porsches and appreciating what comes up, I have to say, I mean, I'm I'm always been I've always had a you know I've always looked at them. I don't know much about them, but the 968 Club mm. Sport, I think, is you know to fit into your Porsche garage with your 911, the 968 Club Sport would be nice. The other one, which, you know, and especially it was in my head and I kind of forgot about it, but after listening to a very old Spike episode that he had uh, Patrick Dempsey on um, the other day. No, that wasn't Patrick Dempsey. What am I talking about? No, Jerry Seinfeld, the one he had with Jerry Seinfeld, which you you said you can't remember it. Um, He had Uh Jerry Seinfeld on. This is an old one, everyone, so it's not just a recent one. And Jerry Seinfeld had just bought a 944 cab and a 944 turbo. He bought the 944 cab mm-hmm. on Bring a Trailer and he bought the 944 mm-hmm. turbo from a private guy in Staten Island in um, New York. So he hated the cab. He said it was just – he got into the car and just didn't like the feel of it, but he loved the turbo mm-hmm. and he got a black-on-black turbo. Um, and mm-hmm. you kind of forget about these cars. You know, I kind of forgot about the, the 944 turbo, but I noticed on car sales in Australia there's a 944 turbo for sale, which I think the guy's right. – had it resprayed and it's in that sort of purpley rose color. It looks like it's that rose color. Oh, okay. I think he calls it gray, but to me it looks like that limited rose color. I can't remember the name, that light sort of pinky color. 55,000 Australian. So, you know, as a, as a first 911, a first Porsche, I should say, is that something you would get into? You know what I mean? I don't know how reliable they are. I don't really know. We know the 928 is riddled with electrical problems. 
Um, but other 944s, apparently they were a great car when they came out. I, Tasha's old boss in Australia, his partner mm. actually had a, bought a 944 Turbo New. He used to tell me about it all the time, Peter. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, right. And he, Peter, and he's had a lot of nice cars over the years and he had, he bought one from yep. you and he said he regretted selling that car. I remember him telling me, he said it was a great car. Yeah. I mean, whenever you read about them, um, they sort of said like, even though it's kind of got like a four pot engine, um, it's an amazing four cylinder engine. Um, and it's very durable. It's very powerful. Um, obviously the turbo's kind of got like, um, all the kind of added power. And then it's just quite different because it's front engined, but, um, even when you look at the little pictures of it, like the um, the engine's quite far back, it's close to the driver, sort of not at um, the front of the car kind of thing. So apparently super balanced and all that sort of stuff. Like everybody, um, whenever you read about them, I just, the kind of headlines I can recall is that um, on track that they handle brilliantly. I suppose it makes sense because, you know, um, probably for the same reasons why people like BMWs and everything, sort of like those old vintage kind of Beamers, like their rear-wheel drive front engine, it's either a six- or four-cylinder engine that sounds really good um, and handles kind of beautifully and has nice gear change. Mm. Uh, The looks of it's kind of interesting, like um, sort of um, to me that's sort of dated a bit more in terms of the actual look of it, but this particular one at Throttle Shop in Riviera Blue is really cool. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Really, really nice. No, I think when Jerry Seinfeld was talking about the 944 Turbo, he said it's not like a 911, mm. right? But yeah, he said the quality is Porsche. You know, the feel, the quality, yeah. everything is Porsche. And this, he, he's talking about, you know, how only the Turbo, he says not other 944s, just the Turbo is the one he would go for. Right. Um, but the quality yeah, right. is um, the quality is definitely Porsche, but it doesn't feel anything like a 911. Even the experience, like you said, down the hood, which the 968 and the 944 do have, you know, the long hoods. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's yeah. not the same experience as driving a Porsche, a uh, 911, sorry. Anyway, I just thought we'd touch on that. There yeah, was also, I didn't realise too, Steve, there's actually a 944 mm. Turbo S. I didn't realise they did a Turbo yep. and a Turbo S. And the Turbo S, there's also one for sale on car sales, which I sent you, which was yep. in the $100,000 mark, I think, 125000 or something. That's probably pretty special, yeah. huh, the Turbo S version? I'm assuming so. I mean, they're all kind of, um, it's interesting how they're all kind of getting up there in terms of value as well. It's not like um, it's just sort of 911s. It seems like <laughs> there's no such thing as any kind of cheap kind of fun car these days. But this is so why it's really hard, isn't it? It's hard for people, mm. yeah, but it's hard, sorry, Steve. Getting, getting into Porsche now is quite hard because really the 996 is, is the one. Yeah, I guess so. The 996 is the one or or the Boxster, right. but a lot yeah. of people still don't like the Boxster, so people aren't really looking at that. People, If you want a 911, it's just really the 996. Mm. Okay, um, Safari 911s, we spoke about that last week. Not much more to say, but the other thing was that uh, Patrick Dempsey was on an episode. I think this was an old one as well. I'm going back through the old ones while I'm on, on the treadmill on the gym, and mm. he bought a Lee Keen Safari, a Lee Keen Safari as well. Do you think the Safari, I know we spoke about this last week, I'm not sure, do you think it's a fad? Yeah, I think I had sort of, sort of alluded to it because I'm not really sure. I like they're just really interesting and um they're because they're so unique, I suppose. I mean I believe that um the sort of safari concept isn't like nine eleven only, that you know, you can kind of go and safari like a Aston Martin or you can safari a, you know, yeah. Whatever. It just sort of seems like a really interesting kind of thing to do to a a 911, but obviously, you know, Porsche did it to kind of go um, 
and do the safari or Parry, and Parry Dakar and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what I happens. Still, I still can't get my head around it. I, I, I'd, I'd love to kind of see one in real life and, like, eventually I'm sure somebody in Sydney will kind of go, you know, go to Order House or PR Tech or somebody like that and get them to build them one. Um, and then it'll be interesting to sort of see what it's like. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I've been in a, I've been in a uh, 911 rally car the auto house rally car and that thing is amazing um yeah. but that's like a proper kind of motorsport car whereas i'm assuming this is kind of more like a oh if you got one like the one that's on um there's a is it riviera blue yeah but that similar similar blue the one on um collected collecting cars yeah um they did a video on it as well it looks it looks amazing Look, looks really cool and very distinctive but i can't tell whether or not um it looks like a trend, though, to me that's going to just get gain momentum, you know. If Porsche do bring out the Safari 911, which I know a lot of other people mm. on other podcasts have been talking about, if they do bring mm-hmm. it out, it's just going to increase the momentum. Like Lee Keen with the original, you know, air-cooled yeah. ones, I think it's just going to go crazy. I mean, there's already a wait for these people. You can't just go in and get a car. You know, if you want to go to any of these people, Emery or Lee Keen, you know, there's a waiting list now. You know, you can't just go and get but a car. But you need a... You, you need a shit ton load of money to kind of um, play in this sphere again. So, Apparently, you, know, you need minimum of... 100000 to do a Lee, Keys, Lee Keen Safari. That's what I Matt Farah did quote in, saying. But I think it's including pro- the base no, car? No, no, or... plus the car. Plus the car. Yikes. Yeah. So it's not cheap. Um, I, tell me, uh, so you went to see um, John at Pro Stitch in Sydney. Um, what did I you did. pick up? You got some more leather parts? Uh, yeah, just I literally just sent you the pic of it. Um, just um, there was um, some little. Um, sorry, lost lost my ability to speak. Um, on the ends of the dash in front of you, yeah. When you're sitting in your car, when you open the door, the there's sort of like an end trim piece, and there was a couple of kind of bits that were just floating around on eBay. So I kind of picked it up and then just asked John to kind of. Um, trim it for me in leather with um the matching deviated stitch like it was just a kind of silly kind of thing to do but like you know the bit was like less than 50 bucks on ebay kind of thing so i just um we gave it to john um he's he's a lovely bloke um kind of went every time i kind of go and see him i learn a little bit more about trimming and porsches and all of that sort of stuff um he actually kind of saved me a little bit of um, a sample of um, leather to kind of show me how how much you kind of had to shave it down to kind of wrap. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I sort of said to you before, like um, things like wrapping consoles um, and stuff like that, or you know, like the um, the window, the door spear, the, the bit around your window switches. Yeah. Um, to kind of to kind of wrap something in leather to kind of get it to not buckle and everything, you've got to um, shave the kind of leather down. And I didn't realise exactly how thin it is. It's it's actually just sort of like um, a slightly kind of thicker piece of paper, effectively. Um, so that's how thin you need to kind of get it. So, as per usual, he did an amazing job. But it's just um, you can tell he's just fully into his kind of. Um, into his Porsches and, you know, um, was just kind of explaining a couple of little bits and pieces, showed me one of the cars that he'd worked on, um, talked about some that I probably shouldn't explain. I'd, well, I don't know if it's con- confidential, so I won't sort of say anything about some of the, the things that he's kind of got going um, in his actual kind of workshop. Um, but um, 
the guy knows his shit. He knows it when it comes to um, Porsches. He knows his stuff. Yeah, um, the end pieces look good. I mean, you never see them really unless you know you don't really see them when you're driving the car, but you see them when you open the car. That's important. No, it's it's sort of in that kind of same sphere as um, like the uh, fuse box, <laughs> the ignition. No, the fuse yeah, box. Yeah, the fuse box. The fuse box cover. Nick's getting the fuse that. Box Nick's going to get one of those, which I have got. Yeah, you've got. Yeah, it. I've got that. Have. I wouldn't do that because um, I kick that thing too often. It's always got my feet marks on it. I don't know why. What do you? Yeah, so I think if it's leather, it's going to get worse. Tasha wasn't oh, 100% keen of me getting the inner door seals in leather. Oh, by the way, just an update for people who, people who want to know. I haven't actually talked about it. The <laughs> parts, for it. My parts from the UK, <laughs> I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want it, but people who know, know me know where I bought them from. The parts from the UK arrived in Australia. I wasn't going to check them because he said that they were all packed up and you know he had them in the box and a month later he sent them. They arrived in Australia. My brother-in-law unpacked it the other day. I wasn't going to get him to do it, but he unpacked it. And of course... A part is missing and I've got someone else's part. So I'm not going to say who is, whose part it is, but we, I have an idea whose part it is and it's someone I actually know. Um, so, yeah, so he sent me two lots of rear door stops because, you know, <laughs> I have one car. Of course, I'm going to want two lots of rear door, rear, uh, sorry, rear seat, rear seat leather stops. Um, and no. he didn't send my sunroofs around. So, Oops. and a week later, I'm still waiting for a response of what's going on. But, you know, this yeah. is what happens when you deal with day. artisans, right, Steve? With craftsmen. Mm, yeah, I won't. I won't. Um, I won't pass comments on anything like that. But you know what I mean? There's a balance, right? There's a balance between what you get, the quality of what you get when you have a Porsche, you know, the things you get made or whatever, whether it be from, a, you know, this guy in the UK or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, you have this scale where it's like the hassle that it is to do it, you know? And mm-hmm. the enjoyment. Now, all of a sudden, the quality of the product now is is less than the hassle and the enjoyment that I'm getting now. And maybe that'll change mm-hmm. when I go back to Sydney and I put the parts in. I'm sure it'll change. But at the moment, that's how I'm mm-hmm. feeling where it's like I really don't – I sort of care, but I kind of don't care. I care more for the person yeah. that hasn't got their rear backseat stops because, you know, they're a friend of mine. And he doesn't have his because they're in effing Australia. Do you, so do you know? Oh no, you. I know you don't know this, and I'm not going to wind you up further. You just basically got to wait to see where your um your sunroof surround thing is. Yeah, it's a you know it's a story. That's all I'll say. It's a story. Um, okay, mm. what else, Steve? Um, what are these other things you've been thinking about doing? You 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 mentioned a couple of other things. Wheel arch guards. What are they? Um. Okay, I'll try to be quick. But no, don't be quick. Uh, just be enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> me uh you know i'm enthusiastic on the inside <laughs> and, and, and all all of your um all of your listeners must be thinking like who the fuck is this monotone guy <laughs> like that's just my voice man like i i'm no, I'm, just, I'm actually i'm excited like, on the inside i know you are i'm I can tell. not on the outside wheel arch wheel arch guards what are they i have no idea what they are no it all started with um the sin my wife's car um we went for a drive the other day and then I realised that I had a nail in the tyre. Oh, after I came back from um, my my parents with um, my daughter. So went off and found a tyre place who I hadn't used, like local to where we live. Um, got them to kind of do the puncture repair because uh, I hate, I don't, I'd be curious to know if like everybody else kind of suffers from this, but like 
either I'm the unluckiest person on the wo- in the world or there is just this thing where, you know, I reckon I probably get a nail in a tyre like maybe four or five, six times a year. Yeah. Just to tell the listeners, even though we're, we're, Steve and I parked used to park in the same building in, um, mm. we still live in the same building in Sydney. And mm. even there you used to mm. get more nails in your tyres than me, you remember? Than you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, I've, luckily I've had one. Touch wood. I've actually have had one um, since when I just only one. I got... Yeah, see, like I easily get like four, four, five, six, whatever. Anyway, so had to kind of get that done. Um, so found this tire place, and as you do while I was there, I was kind of thinking, oh, should maybe I should kind of really follow up on the um, the whole. Um, you know, like I've got a second sort of set of wheels sitting in um, the garage downstairs, and I was sort of thinking, as I mentioned on the podcast, like two podcasts ago might be cool to kind of put another set of tires on that and then be able to kind of switch the tires, uh, the wheels backward, back and forth. Yep. So at the moment I've got the black wheels with the silver, the silver rim and I've got a, another set of Weiss gold wheels, um, which I really quite like. And I wouldn't mind being able to kind of switch them backwards and forwards. You do that yourself? Um, yeah, because, um, well, see, this is a the thing. There's two parts to this story. One of them was that I've got the... Um, when I put the black wheels back on my GT3, my white GT3... But what um, happened to the Macan? Put, Sorry. The Macan, we're finished on the Macan? You got, got it fixed. T- yeah, got it fixed. So you're going to get this done at the same shop or you're going to go back to spinning wheels in Sydney? I, I, well, I went back... So I got a quote on um, Michelin PS4S's. Yep. And their quote was... Their quote was... I think it's not bad and I think they're available. So I'm sort of tempted. I'm quite tempted to actually kind of go ahead and do it. But it brought two things up, which was at the moment on the white GT3 with the black wheels, I put those um, black wheel arch guards on it. You know, the, the film on the, um, on the white bodywork. Oh, the okay. Yeah, yeah, the back. Rear wheel arches. Yeah, yeah the normal, yep. we're normally clear and you've got the black ones, yeah. Yeah, which is a throwback to the old kind of 80s turbos, I think it is, or, or thereabouts. And oh, they, they did it on the... Mm. Sorry. They did it on the um, recent um, Speedsters a bit. So if I was to switch my wheels from the black wheels to the white gold wheels, then I've got black wheel arch guards. And it's like, ah, oh, that probably doesn't really kind of go that well. So I pondered um, peeling it, peeling the black guards off, replacing it with clear again, and then getting the magnetic um, black guards. Wouldn't that stick out if too much though? Wouldn't that be how how thick are those magnetic ones? Um, I, so what it is is like there's a company called Magnographic. I don't think they're the only ones, but I've yeah. read about them on um, Renlist and stuff like that, and they're in the states. Yep. Um, they, it, they effectively um, apply vinyl to like a thin bit of um, magnetic material, which you then kind of you know um, put on the body of your car. So it's not just wheel arch guards. It's obviously like if you want to put like a racing number on your car or even, um, you know, like Porsche stripes or martini stripes and all of that type of stuff. Um, that's what this company does. And I've actually read relatively kind of good things about it. Like a lot of people kind of go, Oh shit. Um, won't it scratch the paint? Won't it, won't they fall off? You know, if you kind of don't sort of stick it on properly and stuff like that. But If you do any sort of reading online, most people that kind of use them sort of said, look, as long as you kind of make sure that the body works clean and then you just kind of slap them on and put them in the right spot and everything, they're, okay. you know, they're really good. should give them so, a try. Well, yeah, so that's, that's 
the, the first part to kind of pursuing the whole um, having two potential kind of wheel options is to go back to clears and then sort of getting that black wheel the black one on Does that make you, sense? Yeah, because the black won't work with the gold wheels. The other thing you could do, which would work with the black mm. guards, is instead of having the gold, Weiss gold wheels, you could get those Weiss gold mm. wheels um, painted white and then <laughs> the white Negative. on white, <laughs> the white on white with the black I, guards would look super cool, man. That would look so. I cool. should I should probably say never say never, but I don't think that's going to happen. Like I, I like, like the the white gold ones. It, I don't know why we're distorting for some reason. I can hear it in my headphones. I don't know if it's you or me. Something's distorting. Um, but, oh, that was me in the seat. Sorry, but um, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether I did a search for white Fuchs wheels on on Google, but every <laughs> so many Instagram posts come up now with white wheels, like white painted wheels. I was it's like, joking I, when I sent like that to you. Like I was just you. talking about it with you, and all of a sudden, like Instagram is like giving me all these cars with white wheels. It's like, yeah, what is going on? And I was on? taking the piss. I know. And I, don't I know was taking go- the piss because I sort of reckon it's sort of just like really kind of Miami Vice ish. I don't know. Um, but but, it, but like I but sort of said, trend. the. The um, four liter RS, the nine nine seven RS um, four point had like a lot of the white um, cars had white wheels, and it's like, how did that become cool? Because to me, it looks pretty heinous. But <laughs> the know. only coloured wheels anyway. I would live with, the only wheels I like in colour, the orange I'm a bit partial to is the nine nine seven GT three RS. You know those colour combinations on the point one. You know the grey with the red, oh, yeah, the yeah, black yeah. with the That's, orange. Yeah, there was yeah, another yeah. colour too. I remember. I can't remember the colour of it now. That to me, that works with a color wheel. I don't know it works with that car, and that that's fine. But that's about as that yeah. I wouldn't go anywhere else with color wheels. And I know Porsche now offer that option when you when you yeah, spec yeah, yeah. your when you spec your nine eleven, and you can have whatever body colored matching wheels, which would be fantastic, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was one part to that kind of thing. So, like, it all came about with a visit to the tyre shop, which then made me kind of reconsider, like, getting the second set of, um, like, having a second set of wheels and tyres for my car. But then the other little thing about that is that I realised that um, it might not be as simple as I thought because my car's got um, TPMS, the tyre pressure management system. Yes. And it would mean that I need to get sensors for the second set of wheels because every time, any time I've swapped them, I've taken the sensors with them. Okay. Um, That's not a big and hassle. And I know though. if you buy them, oh, they're expensive if you buy them from Porsche. They're like five or six hundred bucks. Yeah, but then, then you, you do have a little them. bit of reading. Well, I did a little bit of reading about you know like getting um, not. Uh, Porsche branded parts, but OE the OE parts, um, which I think are a company called HUF. But when you start trying to read around, some people have had success with them, and some people have kind of um, had not great experiences with the sensors not working and you oh, know really? not always reading right. And I think that sort of thing would frustrate the hell out of me. So I think I've got to try to figure out whether or not it's worth it or not. But don't you th- you mean the um, not the original Porsche ones, just the people who make them for Porsche are not working? Is that the company? Yeah. Yep. But yep. if people are saying that, but the original Porsche ones, people don't have any issues with. Mm, don't know. Guess not. I suppose not. See, I don't know. Something like that, like you said, Steve, is so be mm-hmm. so effing irritating if 
it's not working and then, you know, it's in your tie, you got to get your tie taken off. You know, it sounds like a hassle to me and I come back to money again and we're both different sometimes with this, but I would just spend <laughs> the $500. And you're rich and I'm part. not. <laughs> no, I would spend the $500 for the Porsche part just for peace of mind so you don't have to worry about it. You've got enough things to worry about in the day. Then it's done. And it, it, yeah, it, no, you know? no, no, I know, I know. I wouldn't it's worry. Like, I would just get it done. It's more about the fact that, I'd, and I've got to find out, like I've actually sent an email to um, Autohouse to kind of just get a bit of advice. But because so the question is like, regardless of whether it's the Porsche part or the HUF part, um, if you kind of, if I've got a second set of wheels and it's got the sensors fitted and then I literally just kind of get my jack out and um, yeah. swap the, the wheels over, will the sensors actually kind of sync with the car quite seamlessly or oh. is that just like a complete pain in the ass to kind of get it all to kind of to talk to each other? But isn't there something when you've got t- tyre pressure monitoring, isn't there something where you have to reset it when you put new tyres on? A relearning. Yeah, I think the there is, but um, I think it just sort of sounds like they're a slightly um, unpredictable kind oh. of thing even if you've kind of got the factory part. So I just wanted to f- – and look, when when I kind of explain this, I'm not sort of saying, hey, I'm going to go and swap wheels like every week. I'd probably kind of, you know, get sick of them and then sort yeah. of swap them out every six months or something. So, but it would annoy you not to have the tyre pressure monitoring because you're so used to it. And if you looked at your dash and it was wrong or it gave you an error, it would just drive exactly. you crazy. So you couldn't do it. You couldn't well, do I it. Think I think on the wheel on the sensors that I had, I think when the they've got I think they've got batteries in them, so one of them went out, and I drove around for maybe a month um, with it not functioning, and you just get all those alerts on your dash, and it just kind of gives you the shits. Yeah. And to yeah. be honest, as because I get like um, nice circular story, um, because I tend to kind of pick up a nail in the tire every couple of months, um, I actually find the pressure monitoring system very handy yeah no it's um, good for you you need it because you're like running over yeah. nails all the time yeah my mum <laughs> my mum's got some weird kind of um theory that somebody's out to get me and kind of sneaks under the car <laughs> at night and goes wow. and positions a screw in the right spot your mum like, could I'm be onto sure something that's not happening. she could be onto something you never know mothers are always right mm. you know that yeah it could be hey anyway, um so tell us uh, go on Sorry, that, that's the end of that story, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Not, it wasn't that interesting, was it? No, it is. But I want you know what I think people will be interested to hear? When you put the yes. Michelin Pilot Sport 4S's, 4S's. 4S's on it, yep. how they feel yep. compared to your cups that you've got on there now because cup you've only ever had cup yep. twos on your car and you're going to go to the 4S's because yep. you want your GT3 to have a tyre that's almost like not a winter tyre but more of a everyday yep. harder-wearing tyre, which the 4S is supposed to be. So that'll be... Um, That'd be a good update, actually. I'd like well, to know Well, it's not a done deal, mate. Like, I wasn't... I, I After kind of just going there and then getting that quote, it's like, oh, actually, that's not too bad. I might as well just go and do it. But then it wasn't until I kind of hit this other... The wheel arch thing, I think, is easily fixed with the magnetic kind of things. Um, but the tyre pressure monitor things could be a, a thing where it goes in the too hard basket and it's not worth right. it. So see what Autohouse say. I'm sure they'll give you the right info. Yeah. Hey, tell us yeah. about that other car that you sent me uh, from the crazy about Porsche. It was on the crazy about Porsche site, but um, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, it's um, I don't know if a lot of people may not see it, but um, so there's a dude called Michael Maurer, um, who is the head of design at Porsche. Um, 
I kind of knew of him because he did an amazing Saab show car like years and years ago before he was appointed head of design at Porsche. And I always thought that thing looked amazing. Right. Um, so he's kind of popped up at, as the head of design at Porsche. Um, he's actually in that RS Lovers book that we mentioned beforehand as well. But um, Which I, haven't I came read across yet. it on Instagram. Oh, you should. It's really good. Um, but it's his personal car. So Michael Mauer, follow him on Instagram, actually. He's kind of, he's not that prolific. But, so it's um, M-A-U-E-R, M-A-U-E-R, the last name, Michael yes, M-A-U-E-R. Yes. If you just search that, it comes up straight away, everybody. I think his Instagram handle is the real Michael Mauer. Um, right. Anyway, so he, I was just kind of curious because it's like, oh, yeah, he's the head of design. And, um, you know, because we're sort of in the creative sphere, it's like I'd be kind of curious to see what the head of design, you know, drives and what he's into and stuff like that he's got a he's got a black 997.1 gt3 um which is pretty cool and he sort of said that was i think the first car that he designed once he was appointed all right um it's got some um interesting kind of yellow pieces of trim on the inside he's he's got the yellow um door pulls seat belts and then um sort of pepita style um houndstooth style inserts okay so uh, I must ceramics? have something right. If, um, ceramics as well? Yeah, I think he's got ceramics. So it's car. all yellow highlights? Yeah, on a black black on black car. What um, colour is the Pepita? That is yellow. It's like, it, uh, oh. so it's yellow with black checkers on it kind okay. of thing, so which I've gone, seen before. Right. Um, but his other car, which kind of got a little bit more airtime um, on Instagram and stuff like that, and it's, I don't know if it's in that book, Um is a wide-body 964, but it's a, a rear-wheel drive, so it's Carrera 2. And he's had it um, he's had it re- well, worked on, I don't know what the word is, um, by a company in Germany which I'd heard of before um, called AP Design, I think it is. Right. Um, they, I think they were more well-known, like, in the 964 sort of um, world. So that's how I knew about it, because when I had my 964... Yep. Um, and I was, you know, looking at wheels and seats and all that type of thing. Um, yep. This company came up. So he's gone to them. He's sketched out his kind of vision of his perfect 964, and it's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, if you go to... Go and if, have a look at it. Yeah, if the listeners... if that, you, you go to his Instagram, but if you also go to crazyaboutporsche.com and just search, yep. um, I think just search his name, it should come up. Um, the photos are yeah, really nice because they're done by Stefan Bonnier, Bonnier again. He's done the photos. He's the Curves magazine, magazine yeah. guy. Um, but I have to admit with Steve, it's uh, it's kind of cool that this header designer Porsche has actually got yeah. a 997.1 GT3, right, and a 964. Yeah. It's like it's exactly. the perfect two car. You know, we talk about these perfect garages and you look at this article and you look at these pictures and you can see that um, Stefan has taken these photos because they're his classic-looking shots. They're great shots, I reckon, Steve, don't you? I'm looking at Crazy yeah. About Porsche yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's it's really, really, really cool. It's really, really cool. The car's cool, though. Like, you know, he's painted it um, fashion grey. Yeah, I um, love that colour. Which is kind of, which is really kind of nice. He's put some 18-inch BBS wheels. It's the wide-body thing. If you look at the interior, he's kind of got this... Um, blue green tartan with um sort of different different seats sort of more like um retro type seats um it's obviously been worked on i think it's a 3.8 liter engine um blah 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 he's kind of got this little thing he's called it i think mountain tool he's changed the 
the um the little um bit of the badge on the back um but it's in the kind of carrera typeface i just sort of thought like hey it's a really cool car but it was really interesting to sort of see what um sort of like the head of design at porsche um is into because you you read a lot about um andreas preuninger um but this michael mauer guy sort of doesn't get that much no he um, doesn't i mean i'd heard of him but i didn't really i hadn't seen his instagram i'm followed now of course um but i love his choice of cars i love those two choices of cars yeah yeah Yeah, they're very very cool it you know makes you think you know the perfect combination perfect combination it's called the m1 964 doesn't it yeah the 964 is really nice so it's a base Carrera 2 that he's made wide body, is he? No, I see, I didn't really understand that. I didn't realise because in this article it calls it a Carrera 2 a Carrera 2 Coupe WTL and I had to look up what WTL was because right. I did actually look at the car and realise that it is, when you look at the rear arches, it's obviously the wide body. Yeah. I didn't realise that that was, like, I didn't, I didn't realise that it was either an option or a model. Like, I know the... Um, they had a 30th anniversary 964 that had like the wide body, um, but so, I thought. So is it a special edition? It's, it's called WTL I by Porsche. I don't think so. No? I don't think it is. I'm not sure. Or maybe it was an option. Maybe you could spec um, the wide body. But this sounds funny too, but it's like, I wonder why, if you were the head of design at Porsche, um, why wouldn't you go, why wouldn't the factory kind of build it for you? Like That's what I was thinking too. Why wouldn't you get Porsche Classic to do it? Obviously he wanted something not, as purist, not as I mean, Porsche Classic maybe only do it as it was before. They won't go too yeah, far out of the because he wanted something so yeah. different, Steve. You know, because like um, if you kind of go through the story and you look look it up more, you kind of see he's he's sketched look, like little details out, and he's kind of pointed out the bits that he kind of wanted. So like, it's not on standard wheels. It's kind of got a different um, um, engine lid kind of cover, like he's put like an old retro grill in it. Yeah, and, no, it looks um, good. All of these kind of little bits and pieces that are quite, um, I mean, very stylish. It's very, very stylish. And I bet AP Car Design is getting lots of inquiries from people now that he's done it. Now it's like getting out there these pictures of his car. Yeah. Because it does I look, think, it's really tastefully done. Yeah, I think that they were, um, I think they were sort of well known in Germany before. It's a German company. Right. But, um, yeah, like you know, it's a bit sort of singerish, but yeah. not in the. Sort I wonder of how super much it costs. Kind of way. It doesn't tell you how much it cost. Yeah, I don't like. I the, think he's um, working on another one too now. Is an, he an M two M? Yeah, mm, I don't like the hood badge. I have to say, the hood badge bothers me that it's not a Porsche hood badge. I wouldn't have changed that. Well, that's their company badge too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know, but I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's a very nice car. Check it out. It's on crazyaboutporsche.com. You can see something. It doesn't have a picture of the interior there. You have to go to Michael Maurer's um, Instagram, M-A-U-E-R. Mm. Go to his Instagram and check it out. If you like 964s too, I'm not going to talk. We're not going to talk about it, Steve and I, because we're almost, I think we're almost at time, Steve, yeah? Um, yeah, cool. Amy Leon Dor, which is a fashion designer, fashion brand, men's clothing brand. He's also done, and it's on Porsche Newsroom. Um, if you just search for that or just go to Porsche Newsroom, Amy Leon Dor. I might put the link in this uh, in the description of this podcast. There's also another one there which has been done. It's a career of four, um, which he did. Um, that was, was that New York Fashion Show? It was, was for New York Fashion Week this week, I th- this year, I think, yeah. which obviously I don't know if it yeah. happened. It's not bad. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, it's, it's nice to see the diff- people doing different things on these cars and, and, you know, something a little bit different. It's got a really nice interior mm. leather. Um, it's got Scott uh, Sunflower Leather and Scott is the, the 
jacket manufacturer that make you know American aviator jackets and flight jackets. Uh, it's got Laura Piano hands yeah. to, houndstooth fabric. So Laura Piano, if anyone knows, very very expensive fabric, which he uses Famous in his for their wool which is, suiting material, isn't it? Yeah, suiting material. But they also make f- uh, fabric. Our sofa in our sofa in our house in Sydney is actually um, that Laura Piano fabric. Um, we spec okay. it with special fabric from the manufacturer, and it's got leather and it's tan inside. I mean, check it out. I'll put the link in this podcast actually, um, but it's about heritage yep. and fashion. But it's it's interesting to see what other people do to um, to their nine eleven. If you go to Amy Leon Door Instagram too. There's a video on it. It's just this. Um, I, th- I was talking to um, John at Prostitch about it. Just this kind of whole thing about personalizing Porsches seems to have really kind of um, blown up quite a bit. I guess like Singer, Singer and Gunther. Singer Porsches has sort of sort of pushed it a bit more. But yeah. um, it's very, it's really interesting. It's super fun. But then, like at the same time, you do get kind of torn again because even um, again, John was sort of mentioning it. Like some people are sort of sticklers for wanting it. Um, to be, you know, as it was from the factory. Um, I guess the kind of happy medium is like personalizing it, but making it as good as it was out of the factory kind of thing. Yeah, that's, I think it's, you've got to do a lot. I think the problem is Singer and Gunther mm. Works, obviously Steve and even the Lee Keen, Lee Keen Safaris, they're a mm. full package. Do you know what I mean? So yep. you don't want to lose money. You know, you buy a 911 and you give it as a donor car, you don't want to lose money. Um, yep. With those cars, I don't think you will because they are collectible. Even Emery with his 356, you know, outlaws that he does, the yep. 356s, yep. you know, which he does change slightly. They're not completely original. You know, they're, you know, the last one sold for half a million US dollars on Bring a Trailer, an old one from like 10 years ago or something. Um, yep. So it's it's huge. I don't know. Gunther Works is crazy. Though. I mean, I don't know, 500,000 500, US dollars. It's a lot. 550,000 US dollars. Well, but even when, like, sorry, this is going to, I won't drag it out, but um, maybe it's a topic of another podcast. But in terms of like um, retaining the value kind of thing, like that's more reputation more than anything, isn't it? Because, you know, like that's sort of why I know you've mentioned or alluded to the fact that I'm not a massive kind of Magnus Walker fan. Um, Part of that is like I don't really understand like why a Magnus car might be more valuable than, you know, any other kind of sort of car because i'm not really into the kind of style that he does it in and all that sort of thing so there's no Mm. kind of provenance beyond his name really i know but there's certain cars certain cars which he's mm. done full on right like the 277 which Mm. is now if that ever sold at auction that would sell a lot because iconic car right not necessarily a great the best car he could buy but it's iconic he's very clever though when you listen to him and i watched a lot of his instagram stories when he was doing them during covid And he says some mm. of the cars he doesn't really touch. He might like the GT2. Yeah, yeah. You make yeah. the wheels bronze. You know, you see it. He's very he he doesn't want to destroy. And like his '64 911, he's done nothing to. You know what I mean? Like those sort of cars, sure. he knows the value, so he doesn't want to destroy the value either. So he's it's all it's all worked out, isn't it? Yeah, I I tend to think that he's smarter at marketing than I think people kind of realize. I don't think it's quite so happy-go-lucky sort of bohemian as you might sort of think but like beyond that that's a subjective thing it's just more like like I sort of said about the kind of value thing like you can you can see the value in a singer because like the amount of kind of hours it goes into the um 
the building of it and the the level of the materials and everything. I, so I kind of understand that, but um, singers are so rare. Yeah, though. just interesting. They're so hard to get even get one made, and then you've got to be able to pay for it. And I, I like the singer. For me, I like singers. Yeah, better oh, than, so do I. Better than Gunther Works, and I think people have compared yeah, Gunther so. Works to singer. Singer is still more bespoke. It's still more you know special. It feels more special than a Gunther. Gunther still. Well, let's face it, though. If 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 you can afford to kind of order a singer, I'm pretty sure you can afford to also own a Gunther. Yeah, true, so true. You're going to be in that sort of territory of you can pretty much just play with no, whatever you want, really. But honestly, if you had the money, if you had the money, would I buy a singer? Yes, I would buy a singer. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I would too. And I would, I would drive too. it. I would drive the hell out of it, you know, like that yeah, guy, yeah. that the one on YouTube, the guy that drives it through Montana, the blue one that he's got that just drives yeah, it. Have yeah, you seen yeah. that Petrolicious episode? Yeah. If anyone hasn't seen that, go yeah. and watch it. It's on... Petrolicious uh, on YouTube, and I think it's called the Montana edition, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Then and he just drives the, um, it through country roads. He doesn't have any protection. He just drives the hell out of it. And, like, that's how it yep. should be. But obviously this guy's got heaps of money. So it does help if you have a lot of money. <laughs> yep. All right, mate. I think we'll leave it. Okay. All good. Um, thanks. You're, you're busting to get off and ring, um, ring yeah, um, no. the Rolex. I've got, to tell, back, aren't you? I've got to tell Tasha now. <laughs> all right. Um, that's it for today. Uh, thanks for listening to the Porsche Cool podcast. Thank you for all the new Patreons, the Porsche Cooled exclusive members. Thank you for the reviews. Um, like I said, if you haven't listened to Andrew's episode on Porsche Cooled Owner Stories, click on it. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to Google Podcasts, go to Amazon, go to iHeart, go to Stitcher, go everywhere, Steve. We're everywhere. We, are, we have made the big time. We're everywhere on the podcast world like a virus <laughs> just like a virus but listen to andrew's um andrew's episode it's really good and also if you haven't uh, yeah, catched good. craig's episode from the week before listen to craig's every owner's story is different that's what i like about them uh, everyone has a different story to tell thanks steve it's been good mate thanks mate all right yeah, we'll talk next good. week keep well yep you too Cheers, man. all right thanks everyone bye for now <laughs>